Welcome to Trading Card Therapy, our seventh episode. Really appreciate you joining us today. We have an action-packed show planned for you. For those of you who don't know, things keep getting worse for the Jets. I just had to say that. You know, the only thing that actually has been keeping me straight about the Jets is the Lions. And my friend Monty, the fact that he's suffering along with other Jets fans after what was just an insane way to lose against the Ravens this past week. So, without further ado, the doctor, yours truly, Leighton Shelvin, is here to talk everything and anything having to do with trading cards and the therapy you need every Tuesday at 12.30 Eastern Time. So, I'm walking around the Philly show, and for those of you who don't know what the Philly show is, check it out, phillyshow.com. It was this past weekend. It's held at a facility just about a mile away from the King of Prussia Mall, uh, in Pennsylvania. It also is in the same building as a casino. Now, we're not talking Borgata. We're not talking the win. However, it is very nice. And it's also very nice that you take the elevator down to the bottom level and you get right to the casino. You want to go upstairs to the bathroom? You just take the elevator right up from the, uh, the basement. It's excellent. So this past weekend, I, the Vintage Breaks and Just Collect crew, descended on the King of Prussia area and went to the Philly show Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And usually much to the chagrin of my lovely wife, Julie. However, we worked it out where grandma was taking care of Crosby, my six-year-old son this past weekend. And she was able to join us uh, not only at the show for a little bit on Saturday, but also for a team dinner at Capitol Grill on Saturday night, which was a blast. So I wanted to start off and let you know about something that I saw at the show, my experience in seeing it, how it happens, what went down, what was going through my mind, so on and so forth. So the title of this week's episode is going to be, It's So Bad, It's Good. And you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about in just a minute. For those of you who follow me personally on, on Instagram, Leighton underscore Sheldon, you may already know what I'm about to talk about today. I'm always on the lookout for early Babe Ruth cards, not only as a collector, but also as a dealer a speculator, an investor. Generally, Ruth and Ruth cards have treated me very well over the long term. As usual, I'm walking around the show looking for these Ruths, and I see a fair amount of Gaudis. But, you know, Gaudis tend to be overpriced in person at a show. I'm kind of looking for, you know, maybe an early strip card, possibly an exhibit. As I'm perusing around the front of the room, I do almost like what a Kramer does on those old episodes of Seinfeld. I'm walking along and, oh, like literally jerk back. I'm like, no, that can't be a 21 exhibit Babe Ruth because I've already walked around the show. I actually, this might be on Saturday. I'm not sure if it was out on Friday. I should have asked. And I see a 1921 exhibit Babe Ruth in a particular dealer's display case for sale. And it's not pretty. I mean, I want to be very clear, it's beyond not pretty. It's just downright gross. And so when I first walk up to it, it's one of those where you see like a, I don't know, something that maybe at first when you look at it is a little bit, a little tough on the eyes. And then the one thing I know about 1921 exhibit Babe Ruth's is they've been trending up and they've been trending up for actually several years. Some years they go up a little bit. Some years they trend up a little bit more. Full disclosure, I have a few 1921 exhibit Babe Ruths 
in my inventory slash collection. So when I saw this card, I felt like I knew it well, and I knew the market in particular really well on 1921 Exhibit Ruth's. And so when I first took a look at this, and you're going to see it for the first time right now if you're watching us live, another reason why to watch us live here on Trading Card Therapy every week if you can. Uh, so that way, if you're only going to be enjoying the audio drop that happens every Friday for us on Apple and Spotify, you'll be able to see some of these cool things that we show up every week. So there she is, a 1921 Exhibit Babe Ruth with plenty of condition problems. As you can see, someone decided they were upset with Babe and they gouged his head. What's really funny, I wish someone would have caught my live reaction because it really does look pretty rough from the front. I wish you could have seen my reaction at the convention when I asked to see it and this was the back. I'm like, oh dear Christmas, what happened? Was this thing involved in like a science experiment? Did someone get really mad in the playground? I have no idea. So you can imagine I didn't think I was going to buy it because of the way that it looked. However, it was tagged. It was priced. And upon seeing the price, I'm going like this internally to myself, scratching my head like, oh my God, I'm going to buy what might be the worst example of a 1921 exhibit that I've ever seen. And so I'm thinking like, I need to get my head examined. What am I doing? And then I decided to settle down just for a minute. And I took what I really know about cards and the market so well, which is Babe Ruth, supply and demand. And in fact, Babe Ruth's 1921 exhibit in a one recently sold at auction for about five or 6,000 and a one and a half sold at auction at Robert Edwards for approximately eight or 9,000 about two auctions ago, uh, fairly recently. I only know that one because I was the underbidder. So when I saw this card, even though at first glance, I felt like I was looking at Medusa and I didn't know what was going to happen to me, I began to settle down in my head and really started to understand because how it was priced, like this might be a buy. And what I'm trying to uh, do today on Trading Card Therapy is provide value to you folks who might, let's say, be in the market, for example, a different player, maybe a Hank Aaron rookie or a Mickey Mantle rookie. And you might see at a convention or at your local shop something that looks or resembles the condition of this Babe Ruth. And just like me, my knee-jerk reaction was, hey, I'm not buying this thing. There's no way in heck I'm going home with this. I don't need this for my collection. But this, this is what happened to me. It was priced really fair because I happened to know the 1921 exhibit set and the 21 exhibit Babe Ruth really well because I actively follow the market. I felt ever so confident that it was a very reasonable price, albeit not that I wanted to buy it from my collection, but this is where I'm going with it. There was no reason to miss an opportunity to earn uh, a fair you know, profit. And obviously I haven't sold it, I bought it, to you know, put into my business uh, here at Just Collect or as a collector, happy to flip it and take some of that profit, maybe sell another 21 exhibit roof and use that money to buy a higher grade example. 
because I do believe that long-term cards like this, 21 Exhibit Babe Ruth or an early Mantle, an early Jackie Robinson, you can do very, very well buying low grade examples. But the highest and the sexiest returns tend to gravitate towards the highest grade examples of those respective cards. And so once I kind of shrugged off the initial shock of seeing this condition anomaly, if you will, I decided to get into battle mode, right? Deal-making mode at the show. So the card was uh, priced. He told me he had a little flexibility when I asked if he could do any better. And this is really funny. So the uh, gentleman standing to my right, talking to this, you know, longtime dealer, very nonchalantly, very innocently, hey, uh, so-and-so, I don't know, is there, uh, I'm interested in this card, it's a little expensive, is there any discount for cash? And the gentleman dealer looked back at him and kind of said, hey, like I'm giving you my best price, but I wasn't sure that he said that. So when he came over to me, I said, I just want to clarify before I entertain buying this, we'll call it a dime piece here, uh, this 21 Exhibit Babe Ruth. Hey, I was going to write you a check, but I'm happy to pay you cash if you think there's a, a cash discount. I felt a little bit uncomfortable asking because it's someone that I you know, know well in the hobby. At the same time, not so uncomfortable that if I was able to save even an additional 100 bucks that I asked it respectfully enough and I had just heard the gentleman next to me ask, so I figured why not. So it turns out that the price he had quoted me, which was a little bit off of sticker, was his best price. And if he's watching, he'll know the cat's out of the bag. Here's the deal, folks. I would have paid the sticker price. I asked professionally if he had any discount. So guess what? That little bit of money I saved, I'll be able to put that into another card in my collection. Or I bought some uh, essential credential 1997 baseball um, at the show, which was kind of a fun purchase for me. We'll talk about that maybe in a future episode of Trading Card Therapy. So all in all, this is one of those where, like, I didn't feel real proud walking away initially. And then it's so bad, it's good kind of stuck with me. I shared it yesterday on Instagram uh, on Leighton underscore Sheldon account. Got some great feedback. And the feedback largely surrounded the journey of Mr. Ruth and what he had been through to be in this condition as it stands today. But all joking aside, I want you to take this away from the discussion of the 21 Exhibit Babe Ruth. That if you're a Jordan rookie collector, if you're a Kobe insert guy, you know, whatever, whatever the scoop may be in your little niche, don't be afraid to execute when you see something at a convention, at a card shop, at a trade night, and you think it's mispriced, you think it's underpriced, and you can maybe make a few bucks on it, or you'll have to save it for a little bit, and then you'll be able to flip it and use that profit for something else that you'd like a little bit better. That's all I am doing with this 21 Exhibit Babe Ruth. I've not thought about how much I'm going to sell it for yet or what I'm going to list it at. Most important thing to me, and I've said this often, the money that you make is on the buy. Often people think the money you make is when you sell a card. I disagree. All of the hard work, if you do it right, it's on the front end. It's knowing the market. It's knowing when to pounce. It's having the resources. The money is made on the buy. And that's straight from the doctor. So next time you're at a convention 
and you see a Jordan rookie because one of our very own Bill Zeltner from the Vintage Breaks community asked me about this in the last few days when we are talking about auction houses last week right here and was trying to get or solicit advice from me on how to pick a Jordan rookie. And so he's not necessarily buying a Jordan rookie like that's going to be his end-all, be-all, or his final one. He just wanted to get some general advice. And so when I said, hey, if this isn't going to be the one you're going to keep and you want to flip it, you want to get that early bid as quickly as you can on the best well-centered example that you can afford. Because when it comes time to flip it, you're going to be able to make a couple hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more. You do that a few times and all of a sudden you're going to be able to buy, whether it be a lower grade Jordan rookie, or you continue to save and buy a better Jordan rookie. In terms of the 1921 exhibits, Babe Ruth, it really came down for me, one, uh, having the desire and the willingness to walk around the convention. I am amazed at how many folks are very complacent to stay at their booth. And if something great walks up to them, awesome. If something great does not walk up, they're still going to you know, do their thing at the convention. And for me, we have the team for Just Collect and Vintage Breaks at the booth. And then I'm usually kind of like the, the floor general. I'm out there seeing what's out, uh, on the, uh, you know, out there for purchase. And so when I saw this 21 Exhibit Roof, I didn't think I was buying it. But when I thought about it a little bit further, considered what I had just bid uh, not that long ago for a one and a half. And then the icing on the cake, if I wasn't sure, I thought this would be the worst example that I had ever seen. And yet I go on eBay and there's an example for more money than I thought. Once again, it's an asking price. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, and it looks worse than this. So all in all, I feel pretty good. Even if I keep it, she's growing on me. I like the wear that, uh, that she has. I like the story she has to tell. And um, it's just so bad it's good. So that's where we're going to end things on the Ruth exhibit. I thought it would be fun today to switch gears just a little bit, but we haven't done this yet here on our show, to give you a live report about a trading card convention. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the show today, I was uh, at the Philly show this past Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Non-stop action. So I'm going to try to take you each day through my process, what we do, and then what's going on in the market out there that you, the listener, might be interested didn't necessarily get to experience because you couldn't make the show and you know it's only the Tuesday after the convention so there's not a ton of social media content on it yet. So I get to the show on Friday, everyone's super pumped. Biggest change that I've made as the owner of Just Collect is that when I put out inventory at the booth, I have most of it priced. When I say most of it, because if it's not priced, it's not for sale. So when folks walk up and they don't see something priced, we can explain to them why it's out. But that is uh, one of the bigger changes we've made. It's been very effective us, for us in a variety of different ways. So people like to have the front booth at these conventions to be able to buy fresh stuff. But I didn't hear of anything substantial walking in. And I know all the guys at the front of that show. Bobby and Kurt and Brian Deck. Um, and in fact, I sat next to Kurt and Bob on Thursday night dinner at, of course, Capitol Grill. So... The Friday of the show, to me, as a buyer, is all about walking around and trying to identify 
what is either unique, rare, or just a good buy. But ultimately, I try to buy the highest quality material on the first day of something that I may not see, let alone on Saturday or Sunday, but something that I may not even see later that day on a Friday. And so that's why I was so happy that the 1921 Exhibits Ruth was there on Saturday. But once again, I don't know if it was put out earlier than that. So upon my first go around of the show on uh, that Friday, I'll generally look for, uh, as I mentioned, you know, these special, unique, or higher grade items. And, you know, things where there might just be a fair value or they might be there Saturday and Sunday. I don't fret. I just wait. Um, And don't forget cash is king. So when you're walking around, if you're going to be thinking about making a big purchase, it's not just, are you getting a good deal? But is there going to be something else that you want to reserve your cash for? And maybe you can pay via check to some other well-known dealer because you, you have done business with them before. So I'm always thinking about cash and check management as I'm walking around the show as well. So the number one thing I noticed walking around the show in general, and I'm someone who's actively looking to buy Babe Ruth's. These are the Babe Ruth's that were available. There was a number of different Babe Ruth Gaudis, 1933, in grades of two or less. Grades three or more, I saw two. Okay? How many other different 1920s or earlier Babe Ruth cards did I see for sale? Very, very few. So, my own takeaway, because I'm going to do this for myself, that when I buy a Babe Ruth for myself, a Gaudi, when I say for myself, my collection, I'm going to try to buy a grade of three or four or higher. I recognize we're not considering anyone's budget. But in terms of investment quality, I'm letting you know even though the card's appreciated, Babe Ruth 1933 Gaudi card, not rare, not hard to find. Could have bought several of them at the show. Three and higher, almost none. So along the lines of Babe Ruth, guess what I didn't see a lot of? Babe Ruth Sport Kings. Love that card. Been trying to actively get one for a while. I lost out on one in a lot this past weekend of a near-complete Gaudi Sport King set that was in Leland's auctions. And I just really want one. I love the look of that card. Haven't had one for a little while. And there was there was none at the show. There was actually a gentleman who had one. He sold it to another dealer. I saw it. I asked that dealer if he would sell it afterwards. And he said, I'm not sure I want to sell it right now. No shame in trying. So uh, I did see a 35 Gaudi 4-in-1 roof. Our very own Daniel Lynch was commenting in the chat, but I didn't see many of them. I certainly didn't see very many exhibit Babe Ruths, which once again, I'm very familiar with the 21 exhibit Babe Ruths, and I just knew to pounce on it. So switching gears, but still vintage, saw very little really strong pre-war, meaning I saw some T206s in lower grade. I didn't see high-grade Cobbs. Uh, in fact, we sold a Tito 6 Ty Cobb bat off shoulder at the convention in SGC3. So what I'm trying to say is if you have someone or you're in groups on Facebook and you know where there's a nice stash of Babe Ruths or a nice stash of pre-war, make friends with these folks. It's not readily available even at some of the bigger shows like Philly. So let's switch gears for a minute, talk about some of the more fun that we had at Philly. 
Shout out to my friend Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions. Heritage Auctions and Vintage Breaks collaborated on a very special giveaway on Sunday, live from the Philly show. We gave away a 2012 exquisite football box, which had possibilities like Russell Wilson, um, RPA rookies, and Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins. Now, did we get any of those guys? No, we didn't. However, what we did get was a great banter back and forth between Derek and myself. He was kind enough to look at a 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle rookie, graded PSA 2, which I had just purchased live on the floor just a few minutes before Derek saw me. He was wondering what I was doing. I was trying to execute and buy the card so I could show it off live on air with Derek. Derek's a former grader at SGC. I thought it'd be kind of cool for him to look at the card. That made for great content. But what came next was even better. So we open up this 2012 exquisite football box. Six cards are supposed to be in the box. Six. Every now and then, there's an extra card in breaks. So the first few cards, I mean, they're like, forget about anyone to write home about. We hadn't even heard of some of these guys. So we were getting a little bit concerned. We were trying to give away something nice, of course, uh, to anyone who was kind enough to follow Heritage Sports and Vintage Breaks on Instagram. So we're plowing through the box, and lo and behold, we get to Barry Sanders on-card autograph in the sixth card, I believe, in the box. So at that point, we were supposed to be done. Nothing else left in the box. This is the beauty of doing things live at a show because people get to see behind the curtain just a little bit here what we're doing at Vintage Breaks, and we have a lot of fun. There was a seventh card. We looked at each other like, wait a minute, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to give it away this week on social media. Make sure you look out for a post coming from us. Guess who the seventh card was of? Dan Marino on a gorgeous, uh, in a gorgeous um, pit uniform against a black background. I think it was a silver auto. The card is smoking. I think it's numbered at 25 or 50. And so the extra card gods decided to bestow upon us a fantastic Dan Marino numbered autographed card out of Exquisite. And so that was fantastic at the show. J5 and Sam and the team were giving away packs all weekend, the kids walking around the show. Overall, my biggest takeaway in terms of walking the floor, because I spent tens of thousands of dollars, is the best of the best material is not only still very desirable, it's almost non-existent. Like a 52 tops mantle, I thought I'd be seeing a four or a five or a six. I saw an authentic. I did not see anything super high grade. When it came to 52 top Shackie Robinson, I did see an SGC 8. I didn't like the way it looked for the grade. Um, other than that, every other 52 tops Jackie, low grade. In terms of Namath rookies, Jim Brown rookies, once again, there were a few available, generally not of high quality. So when I saw this 1958 tops Mickey Mantle, PSA 7 that I purchased 
uh, or that I ultimately purchased the show, you're going to know why I bought it. Because when you look at hundreds, if not thousands of cards at a convention and you see something like this, it really sticks out at you. Amazing eye appeal, wouldn't be out of place in an eight holder. And it's one of those where when I was told the price, guess what? It was fair. I didn't negotiate. I said, thank you very much. So kind of the opposite of what I did with the 21 Exhibit Roof. And the reason why I did that a little bit differently with the Exhibit Roof is because the Exhibit Roof didn't look like this. Didn't look like it had great eye appeal. Great story, yes. But maybe a little more unsure of the value. This beauty I knew was coming home with me would not look out of place in a PSA 8 holder. And these are the kind of cards that I look for, whether it be as a collector, as a dealer, as a hybrid buyer, being a professional baseball card treasure hunter, that's my thing, is looking for great cards with tremendous eye appeal for fair value. Some of them I keep for the short term, others I sit with for a little bit longer, and then others my son Crosby, who's six years old, will end up with one day. So hope you all had a good time today on Trading Card Therapy. That's today's seventh episode. Look for a very special announcement because this is our seventh episode. We'll be giving something Mickey Mantle related away in the coming weeks as we drop our seventh episode this Friday on Apple, Spotify, and all those wonderful places you enjoy your podcasts. This is The Doctor, Leighton Sheldon signing off. Thanks for tuning in.